Welcome to the Mount Carmel Christian Church Podcast. In our sermon series, Follow Me, we will be looking at what it means to be a disciple. Today's speaker is Senior Minister Dee Dee Bacon. Good morning. Glad you're here. Uh, probably like me, you're feeling a little, uh, little extended in the belly, but that's all right. That's a good sign. Thanksgiving is upon us. Well, it's hard to believe that we are now to the last in our journey through Follow Me, through the series, and it's been humbling to hear the accounts from folks within the congregation of how God has worked through this series. I I want you to know that the series and what we do is not just a a one-man show, that it's actually the effort of months of planning, prayerful planning, uh, members of the worship planning team made up of staff and talented individuals that are come together to brainstorm, to prayerfully prepare uh, our sermon series. It's, it takes a lot of work, and it's just a blessing to work with these folks and to see God work through them, as well as then the folks that go above and beyond and things like the prayer garden, uh, the prayer walk, which was a pretty cool experience, uh, those that prepared it, those that recorded the the. Uh, audio that you follow along to go through that uh, really turned out to be a blessing. If you remember, in September, we began the series, and we focused on the call of Jesus simply to follow me. Jesus came to the world to seek and save the lost. Jesus came into the world to give us purpose. I will make you fishers of men. Jesus came so that we might learn to follow him and commit to day-to-day obedience to him, which then shifted our focus because we discovered that when Jesus called us to follow him, he called us to follow him to the cross, the big cross of Jesus, right? The big cross and the big resurrection where the Son of God laid down his life on the cross for us, provided a way open for us to now be right with God through faith. His resurrection overcomes death. And allows us to know that if we believe, though we might die, we too will also have resurrection to life with Him. The big cross makes a way for us who were away from God to be close with God. Those of us who were enemies of God to become children of God. Those of us who were blind who are now see. Those of us who were lost are now found. And so we talked about the way of the cross, and we celebrated the fact that Jesus went to the cross and said, follow me, and it goes to the cross. And then he said, take up your cross. If you're going to follow me, you need to take up a cross. This is the pattern of which you're to live in this way of grace. Take up your cross. Die to me daily, which we talked about was surrender. And that's why we had the flags. Daily giving of ourselves to follow Jesus, to learn and to live his word in life so that we might experience new life, resurrection, the rebirth of God's presence within us by His Spirit that helps us walk in obedience with Him. We become children of God. And as children of God, we're introduced into the family of God. And the family of God was the subject of really what we talked about in November. We said, you know, God has called us to be part of a church family. God's plan A for your growth in Christ is for you to be in a family where you're nurtured, and you're grown into a mature believer that then engages in the family business. And what is the family business? Well, we said the family business is being part of God's work in this world, and part of what God is doing in this world is seeking those who are far away to be brought near. 
God's family business is captured for us in the great, what we call the Great Commission, to go out into the world and, and make followers. If you remember, we talked about in November that the call in November was really for us in our conversations about being coached and being coachable. The call was for us to hear Paul's words where he said to the Corinthian Christians, imitate me, follow me as I follow Christ. And so we come today, and I think it's appropriate for us then to, to end with Paul, and to end with Paul in what we, we know as his last letter, his last words written here on earth to a man he calls his son in the faith. It's appropriate for us to kind of bring this all together as we look at what Paul says to his son in the faith before he faces death. This is his last will and testament. This is his like, this is what's most important. This is what I want you to understand before I go to the Father in heaven, before I, I myself end my journey here. This is what I want you to know when it comes to following Jesus. Second Timothy, chapter 2, verse 1. Paul says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard me from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Let me just take a minute, let's unpack these, these verses here a little bit. First of all, he begins with a therefore. You therefore, whenever you read in the Bible and a therefore... What you know is, is that the writer is taking a moment to pause for you to remember what has been said so that you may now understand what is going to be said. You with me on this? And so the you therefore refers to what Paul has said in chapter 1 of 2 Timothy. And what he tells Timothy in chapter 1 is this. He says, hey, I remember you and I remember your faith. And I remember how you came to the faith through the witness of your grandmother and your mother and through the work that I have, I have done with you. And I remember that faith that was born in you and the calling that you've received in your life to do ministry. And I want you to know that I'm coming toward the end of my ministry and I want you to stay strong. I want you to remain faithful. This you, therefore, is a reminder that Timothy has been called to be part of the family of God. He's been called like Paul to pick up his cross and to follow Jesus. You therefore, he says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, this is something that has been really been hammering on me for some time now, and it seems a message that God has been wanting me to hear over and over again. It's this, grace is more than just being saved. You know, we think about grace and we, we, we remember the cross and we, we give thanks at our communion that God has given me forgiveness. And what we're doing is we're remembering this great work of God through Jesus on the cross provides a way for us to be right with God. It gives us forgiveness of sins. And we celebrate the fact that we are made right with God through our faith, through the work of Jesus, that we receive the promise of eternal life, that we will not face what we deserve, and that is eternal punishment, death. And we celebrate in that. And that is wonderful, and that is absolutely amazing. But God's grace is even more than that, if it's such a thing as possible. God's grace is not only has he called us, saved us, but he invites us 
to join in with him in his work. Grace says that you're valuable and you have value to offer the world. You have the Holy Spirit who resources you to join in the family business that you are called to be part of as a child of God. And what is the family business? Well, it's captured for us in Scripture, Matthew chapter 28. Go therefore, Jesus said, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The family business is to do life and to be open to the God assignments that God provides us in our day-to-day life, interacting with individuals from all the world, no discrimination, and seek to be used by God to do what? To bring them to a point where they make a decision to be a Jesus follower like us. That's what baptism is. That's called evangelism. That's sharing your faith. But more than that, added to that, is that we're also to be part of teaching them through modeling and coaching and all that stuff that we've talked about in helping them grow to be Jesus followers. And Jesus says, and I am with you to the end of the age. In other words, this is a process that you're joining me in as we continue to fulfill the mission that God has given us in this world. Now we come to this process laid out for us in in Paul's teaching. He says, The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Follow me. Follow me involves me hearing the call of Jesus, taking, uh, accepting God's grace, taking my cross. Follow me involves me being part of a family of God where I'm coached and I have to commit myself to being coachable. Follow me means that I grow up in my faith and I join in the process laid out here. The things which I have received, which I have heard... Uh, I now am called to entrust into others, faithful men, faithful women, who will then do the same thing, and so on, so on, and so on. This is follow me. How many of you remember the the movie uh, Back to the Future, the very first one, with Marty and Doc Brown, right? And what was, the, what was that thing that Doc Brown came up with that was the, the secret thing that made his time machine, his DeLorean time machine work? What was it called? The what? Flux capacitor, right? And it was that diagram. It was a weird diagram. I didn't like, is that it? It was like a Y, remember? And it was the flux capacitor was supposed to make everything work. Well, I would like to share with you Dee Dee's flux capacitor regarding this Bible text that hopefully will help you understand what's implied, as well as help you understand the calling that each one of us who are responding to this Jesus call to follow me, take up my cross, be part of a church family, hopefully will we'll help tie it all together. And, I, and I've written it up here on, on the board, and hopefully I'll do my best to explain because some of its writing is a little tight, but we'll get there. Okay, so here's my flux capacitor, right? Flux capacitor. All right, I'm going to put it to the edge and make the people, uh, you know, who take care of such things a little nervous. But anyway, flux pass. All right, so everything begins with this concept. What does that say at the top? 
I'm responsible. I'm responsible. One of the things that, I, that I've been impressed by, it was actually an article I read a couple of years ago where an atheist observed um, that wherever Christianity is in Africa, the elevation of the standard of living is, is brought up, that people are better when they receive the services and the teachings of Christian missionaries. And I'll tell you the reason why. The reason why is this. It's because Christianity is the great releaser of human potential. Because Christianity does this. Christianity says no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what your life story, your socioeconomic status, the mission is for you. And if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, you will be saved. Christianity says, for God so loved the what? The world. And the world is everybody. No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no discrimination. God so loved the world that he gave what? His only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. What that is, is a statement of value. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, God values you and he's expressed that value and love by sending his son to die for you. The value, if you want to measure it, is the eternal life of Jesus laid out for you so that you don't have to pay the price that each one of us is deserving because of our sin. And so we learn from the beginning that you are loved and valuable. Not only that, just as I've been saying, you are valuable and you have value to give because the Bible says that when you're baptized, what do we say? I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. You're given the gift of the Holy Spirit, a supernatural resource that allows you now as a child of God to be involved in the family business. To be equipped supernaturally to have something of value to offer to the world to bless others in the mission that God has for you in this world as part of the church family. Are you following with me? And I believe the best way to say that is I grow up in my family and I learn that I'm responsible. The best thing you can do for your kids, we're told, is give them chores. Why? Because you tell them, I love you, I trust you, and I believe you can do it. And what does that do? That responsibility helps them grow up. Which is why I have these statements right here. The statement, baby, child, young adult, and parent. What we have here is an expression of responsibility in your development in Christ. It begins with baby. Now that is a cute baby. <laughs> Still got my hair, doesn't he? Anyway. It begins with a baby. What is the language we use? When someone comes to faith where he is what? Born again, right? Nicodemus, if you want to have salvation, you have to be born again. What? I have to go back to my mother's room? No. This born again is a spiritual thing. This is, it's a faith thing. You're born again. You were once dead, but now you're alive. You were born into Christ. You were dead, and you brought back up to life through the waters of baptism. Born again. We're born and as babies, we enter into this new life of faith. And what are the characteristics of babies other than cute, like that baby right there, uh, right? Well, babies are vulnerable. Babies need basics. They need protection. They need nurture. And they need basic food. That's why we feed babies milk. We don't feed them solids. We don't feed them things that take work. We give them the basics, 
Well, same way for a person who comes to Christ that are born again, they're a baby in the faith. What do they need? They need basics. They need nurture. They need protection. And they need the basics of God's Word. They need the basics of what it means to be a Jesus follower. A couple of scriptures I want you to take note of. Take note of uh, 1 Peter 2. He says, Therefore, putting aside all all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies long for pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you've tasted the kindness of the Lord. How do we grow? uh, What do babies need? They need the pure milk of the word, the basics. They need to learn what it means to to be a Jesus follower, the basics of grace and the basics of of salvation and where the New Testament is and where the Old Testament is and how to read the Bible and how to pray and and what does it mean to, to be a Jesus follower. Babies are vulnerable and crave the basics. And when they receive the basics, when they receive the nurture and the care and the spiritual milk, what happens? They begin to grow. And they grow into this next stage of development, the child. The child. Now, that is a cute kid. (laughs) That's an old picture, but it's a cute kid. Donald Duck, I love that shirt. Anyway, um, child. That's the next step, right? The next step is this child. And, of course, you know, a young child, and, you know, a child grows a little older and, and, and develops. And what, is, what are the characteristics of a child? Well, first of all, uh, children are sponges. They learn everything. But what they're learning is they're learning to apply the truths they're given from the basics to life. They're learning to apply that. They begin growing in responsibility. They learn to start taking care of themselves. Party training, put on your own clothes, learn what's dangerous, learn what's not dangerous, learn to be obedient, you know? We've got those basics of applying the word to things of living. Children are selfish. Mind, they don't want to share. They think of themselves only. They, they don't see anything beyond, beyond their world. They, 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 they are idealistic. But also sometimes they can throw temper tantrums because they think that everything revolves around them. And, and, and parents need to teach children what? They need to teach children to be responsible. They need to continue to feed and nurture them, but they begin to teach them how to apply the truths of life. And then they begin to allow them to experience that and grow and be more responsible. Well, similarly with a Christian. Characteristics of a, of a child in the faith is that they tend to be selfish. They tend to think everything's about them. They come because they get, and, they, and they, they're all orientated about, about things for themselves, and, and they're somewhat idealistic, and they do a lot of, well, this is how we should do this, and they're passionate about things they think is right, and they don't have the color of wisdom to apply. But there are children in the faith. Listen to this scripture, Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 2, Paul says, You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. Now he describes their ministry. He says, For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. And what does children need? Encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. 
We move from baby to child as the baby begins to apply the scriptures and learn how to apply those. And as that child begins to learn to apply scriptures and to learn to live and learn scripture, as we say, they begin to grow up into the next stage, young adult. Young adult. That's a picture of me. Uh, I'm on the right there, or whatever way you're looking at with the arrow. Uh, the guy in the middle is my friend Malcolm Bloodworth. I think I've mentioned Malcolm Bloodworth with you before. He was my friend that I would dream up the crime, and Malcolm would do it. And that was a perfect relationship, right? He was a crazy kid, and I was a crazy thinker. So that worked. And then the other kid there is, is, is my friend John Allenson. The three of us were, were inseparable as young adults. We were buddies uh, through high school and a little beyond. As young adults, what were the characteristics? Well, young adults grow in their responsibility. They start to drive cars and they start to work and they start to have money that they have to manage and they start uh, being involved in more responsibility in the house and for themselves. They can feed themselves, dress themselves. Hopefully they can, you know, start relating to other people in a manner that's respectful. Young adults are typically characterized by the season of being friends, right? Your best friends typically come from this period of your life. Those guys that made the connection with you in college or, or before college, they were my best friends and, and they were the best times I ever had. And, and, and that's the same with spiritual young adults. Spiritual young adults in Christ become more orientated to others. They're more connected to others and they're more concerned about others in fact, spiritual young adults could be, some, could be described as the time when we start learning that church is not all about me, that I come to church not to get, but also to give, and I begin to realize that my life and my love for God can be expressed in loving others. Spiritual young adults are those that begin to apply on a regular basis this scripture, 1 John three sixteen. This is how we know what love is, he says. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. Now there's one more stage in maturity, and we call this the parent stage, right? You move from a young adult and you get married and you begin to realize, I'm responsible. But then also you have children and this is where the point in which you can say, you know what, you start really fulfilling the calling that you have in life. You begin to invest in others. As a mature adult, you invest in activities that produce other mature adults and we call them children. Now spiritually, this is the person that's described by Paul. This is the encouragement that Paul's making in 2 Timothy 1 through 2, Right? The stuff you heard from me, invest in others who will then teach others. This is parent language for a spiritual, Christ, a, a spiritual Christian. And, and if you want to reach this prayer, if you want to say, am I a spiritual parent in Christ? Well, ask the question, the real easy answer is that, do I have children? Do I have individuals whom I'm coaching, whom I'm investing in, who are looking to me as I look to follow Christ? If the answer to that question is yes, then you're a spiritual parent. If the answer to that question is no, then you're probably one of these other steps, one of these other stages. But Paul says the end goal of follow me is this, become and grow into becoming a spiritual parent. Now, there's a couple other things I want to show you here on this diagram. Ooh, hello, I'm back. All right. 
This term, I'm responsible, and there's two, two numbers here, right? There's I'm responsible to, and I'm responsible for. Now, the question is, is okay, who is responsible to help the baby grow to become the child, to become the young adult, to become the parent? Well, there's two aspects to this. There's those that we're responsible to for the, in this process. And by responsible to, I'm referring to relationships that we answer to. These are people that provide us what we need in order to grow from baby to child to young adult to parent. Well, when you first come to Christ, we're responsible to the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit in our life facilitates growth. He provides us the resource if we're willing to submit to and surrender to him because we've come to, to know Christ and we receive the gift of salvation and we receive the gift of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us grow. And the more we submit to him, the more we learn and live scripture and apply our life, guess what? We begin to move along this continuum to grow up. Spiritual parents. That person that brought you to Christ and the individual leaders of the church that you begin to get connected to, your pastor, your elders, your, your, the people that are your mentors, these are your spiritual parents. They're responsible too. To provide that which you need, teaching, explanation, modeling, mentoring, coaching, your church family. Those are brothers and sisters that are there to encourage you and, and be around you. They may not necessarily be like a parent, but they're someone that comes along and helps you out. They're someone that protects you, that can, can provide encouragement in life, and, and you serve with and you serve them as you grow up, and they provide what you need to grow up in Christ. And then this one right here. See what it says? It says self. You're responsible for your, to yourself. A lot of times people like to complain about all these things. Oh, I'm not doing this and I'm not growing the church. Let me know. Well, sometimes the problem is you. You haven't taken responsibility of self. And the mark of maturity is the growth of being able to move from where you can't take care of yourself to the place where you can take care of yourself in a healthy way that you can take care of others. Are you following me? All these folks are responsible to help you grow through the process that Christ has installed in the church. Now we come to this other part. Who am I responsible for? Now notice that the four is little here and, small, and big here. Why? Well, when we're babies, we're, we can't be very responsible for many because a baby can't be responsible for others because baby has to take care of itself primarily or survive itself. It hasn't got the capabilities to be responsible for can be a little bit, but who are we responsible for? Well, we're responsible for ourselves. We're responsible for our church family, and we're responsible for children, spiritual children. And these things are all facilitated by the Holy Spirit. And notice the little four becomes a big four. Why? Because a spiritual parent, a parent who is mature in Christ, is Great, more responsible for those, these folks, than a spiritual baby. And you and I are all called to grow in our responsibility for those in our church family. We're called to be responsibility for ourselves. Don't come to start learning to come to church not for what I'm going to get, but what I can learn to give. We're responsible for our church family to, to be responsible for making sure that we, we bless others. For ourselves, church family, and our spiritual children. 
individuals that look to us as models for what it means to live for Christ. So here's the question to wrap this all up. Self-evaluation. Where are you on this continuum? Are you still a baby? Are you a child? Are you a young adult? Are you a parent? Babies need pure spiritual milk, basics. If you're a baby, look to the basics. If you're a child, a child need help in learning to be modeled. They, they need, quote-unquote, discipline to apply, learn to, to live that out. If you're a young adult, young adults are already learning to apply love, start looking for children. God assignments, individuals that are looking to you as you look to Christ. And if you're a parent, Keep up the good work. Make sure you're open to not d- diminish on the, two, on the two side of things. Make sure that you stay connected to the spirit and your spiritual parents so that you may be encouraged and guided and strengthened. Where are you in the process? See, the tragedy is, is if a person's been in the church for a number of years, but they get stuck. I've been a church in 10 years, and the reality is, is if you're still a baby, that's a problem. If you're still a, a child, that's a problem. If you get stuck at any one of these first three places, it can be a problem. And that's why we need to evaluate ourselves and ask ourselves, okay, what is it that's re- limiting me growing? Is it something that I'm not available to, being, being open to God's guidance and direction? Is it because I'm refusing to take my responsibility for the assignments that God has given to me. What did Paul say? He said, Timothy, well, let me go this. Let me just share this one last thing. The exciting thing about everything, about this whole process following me is this. This is what's been hammering on me. When I was saved, God just didn't save me but he also called me to follow. Just my, my study a long time ago, uh, just recently I was reading Matthew 2 in my personal devotion time, and I was struck by, it was explaining the work of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist's message was repent. In other words, turn yourself to God. And then he said, no, but there's going to come one who's going to preach a bigger message, and he's going to give you the Holy Spirit. In other words, what John could do is give you repentance, forgiveness, but what Jesus is going to give you is the Holy Spirit who's going to give you purpose and a calling to follow. You, therefore, my son, my children, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard me from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others as well also. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time that we've been able to share, and I ask that your spirit will speak to us, and uh, he will direct us wherever we are. If we're stuck in, as a baby or stuck as an infant, I pray that you would help us to really become aware of that and to learn to grow up, to grow up in you because your desire is for us to, to be part of the family business and I appreciate the chores that you give for us in the the family work 
chores that help us grow in responsibility and release our full potential. And I pray that that will be done in the lives of everyone that's here. Those that do not know you, Lord, I pray that they may come to awakening so they may be born again. And yes, they will be spiritual babies in the church, but we would grow, they will grow up into becoming children who are, are learning and applying God's word as they, as they grow. And as they grow, they become young adults who learn to practice love. And as they grow in love, they will also understand that they are of responsibility to have children of their own, to have individuals that they are mentoring and coaching in Christ as part of the Spirit's process of, of developing us in this family of faith. I pray that you would help us see this and have this come alive in our church today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. You can interact with us online at our website, www.mtcarmelchurch.org. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.